Well, it is Thursday night. Of course, when you're watching this online, it's probably any night you want it to be. But we have a big weekend ahead. It's Labor Day weekend. That means people are taking time off. That means they're going to probably most people will have Monday off. That means there's lots of stuff going on. And who better to share that than Kim Stark? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I changed my name. That was thanks to you. I was going to be George tonight for a minute. She, was, she had a guest on the other night that was George Baker and Kim put it. She wants to identify as George Baker rather than Kim. Stark. I mean, can, tonight Kim, I'm going to go back. We are an open minded group of people. You can be George. Whatever. If you're going to call yeah. you George, I can call okay. you George. I'll remember that for next time. I might switch it up. Again. So I do. But if it's George, I do this. And here's. George. <laughs> I love your bitmoji, by the way, where you have your matching hair. It's hilarious. I know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of, you know, you got to play with it what you can. So our sponsors tonight, Compton Family Winery in Philomet. Big weekend this weekend. Lots yeah. of tasting of wine carefully. Lots of, course. of wine flowing. Lots mm -hmm. of wine stuff. And harvest is coming up pretty soon. So Tabitha is going to be here in a few minutes to talk about that. And did you know, Kim, it matters what glass you drink your wine out of? I know that you drink, you know, when you get your mad dog, you just kind of down it like when that. I get my boots and my Coors Light, I don't notice all that other classy stuff that you drink. <laughs> okay. okay. So Tabitha is yeah. going to show us the glasses. I've been wanting to do this. And then we're going to talk about a, a Hawaiian festival that's coming uh, to Alton Baker Park this weekend. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the, the Oregon State Fair. We're, there's probably I mean, there's no shortage of activities. There is so much stuff going on in Oregon. I feel bad at being in Montana, but I'm coming back there to, to see you because I missed you so much. You're coming back and you're going to get your practice of wine tasting because you'll have your son's wedding where there will be plenty of that. And then I'm going to try to stop by over there. And um, oh, yeah. And Matt Kendall, who's who I pay quietly under the table to work for me. <laughs> go get yourself a bottle of wine at Compton Family Vineyards at our winery. And if you use that code or go in and just tell them. They'll, you'll save $15 off the first two bottles of wine or more. Katie, what are you doing? Hold on, on. Katie's here. You certain size vault. Well, we're going to find out. We will find out what we're needing to know. So, um, Kim, the other sponsors, Buck Sanitary Service. Um, mm -hmm. You love them. They're out fighting fires. They don't do the fighting, but they, you know, when you're done fighting a fire. You got to go to the bathroom and have a place to shower. Yeah. God is super uh, busy this time of year doing that kind of stuff. And Chris Dental yeah. Family Dentistry is going to be here as well. And Bill London. And oh my gosh, I don't know what's up with that guy. What did he do got, now? He's got like a 15 minute newscast. Oh, I mean, there okay. must be a heck of a lot going. I think because we have him on once a week now, he just yeah. can't, he, he can't get enough of us. And so he's he having trouble condensing because he did like 15 minutes a night for a while. So he's just got too much news to share. Well, that's so that's going to that's going to be the way it is. So let me run an ad from Dr. Bratlin, and then we'll bring up, we'll talk, let's, let's, let's talk Hawaiian first. Let's, let's do talk. that. Let's go to Hawaii. I, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. To answer here, before the fall rush sets in, now is the time to get in to see the dentist. Oregon's best dentist, and still my dentist, is Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental in Eugene. Dr. Bratlin and his staff are second to none. You have a tooth you need crowned? Give them a call and they'll get you in ASAP. Remember, at Chris Dental, Everyone is welcome, vaccinated or not. All right, and our special treat tonight 
Naomi is joining us and she's with the Oregon Aloha organization. And she's gonna um, tell us all about this wonderful event that just came to Oregon. Naomi, thank you for coming on to talk about this. This is taking place you guys this week in Alton Baker Park. And I'm gonna let you take away and tell us how this event came to be because you are, you're very invested in this, in this event. No, absolutely, Kim, and aloha, everybody, and thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me, by the way. Um, I was really excited to get your call. <laughs> and uh, we've got a ton going on, but I was like, man, let's let's carve out some time and get this done. because Yes, is, I know you're a busy person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, about this weekend. Uh, so we're Pacific Islanders, and we're here stateside, and a lot of times we don't connect with each other. Uh, at this level. And a lot of times when you host a festival, it brings people together, right? So that is the pure mm -hmm. basis of this event. It's to bring people together, whether you're an islander, whether you're a neighbor or friend, uh, just to unite on one day. And it's hosted by islanders. So you get to experience foods, entertainment, vendors, and just you're going to get a very islander vibe Yes. for about seven hours and like i told you earlier i'm a little i'm a little sad that it's so short because we seven hours a month, month. <laughs> go by like that and then we're going to be looking forward to next year right so that's, right. that's really I, it yeah so now you're going to have music there's going to be authentic food um what else can we expect for those who want to get a touch of the culture on saturday Oh my goodness, you're just gonna see a lot and you just have to be prepared and open to seeing different things from the different islands that show up. And so it is an Aloha festival, but it circles around all Pacific Islanders. And so you have your Polynesians, your Micronesians, your Melanesians, and they're coming out of the woodwork because we, you know, we sent up the flare and said that, hey, <laughs> Islanders are going to be here on this day from 10 o'clock to 7, 7 o'clock. And everybody's like, yes, that's where I want to be because Aww. I'm an Islander. And people who are interested in it, they're like, you know what? I want to see what that's all about. So I yeah. will be there too. And it's Absolutely. free. And it's free, which is so nice. And you get to get a real true taste. Do you Are you going to have some authentic hula dancers, I assume? Oh, yes. Hawaii, yeah. Tahiti, Samoa. Um, we've got Maoris. Uh -huh. uh, and and more. Uh, so I guess you just got to be there. You gotta be yeah. there. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. When we posted the program, uh -huh. we had more performers try oh. to, hey, I want my culture to be represented on this stage. So oh, okay. have some time for me to do a little segment. It's like, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll try to find time. So, you know, it'll be more than expected. Wow. OK, that's so exciting. And all ages. No cost to get in. And is this out? This is really accessible for those of you who don't know where the Alton Baker Park is. It's it's really easy to find. Anything else you want people to know? Um, you have a little bit of background yourself. Tell us why you brought this to Oregon. Um, I'm going to be honest. When I was in the military and I'd be stationed in faraway places, I'd be by myself and I'd get lonely. And so I found that May is usually Asian Pacific. It, it is Asian Pacific Islander Month. Uh -huh. And so in that month, I found that when we'd host events, federal events, um, a lot of islanders would come out of the woodworks. And so I was like, okay, so why wait for May when we can do this anytime, any time of the year and, you know, get together without having to just do it around a federal holiday month. So that's when I just started putting it on with my friends. And now that we're here in Oregon doing it, uh, we're incorporating to be a 501C. 
And we kind of want all the profits from these events to go towards the enhancement of Pacific arts in this area. Okay. Oh, that's, the that's part great. That I like. Yes. Okay. So you'll put those proceeds toward that then. That's the plan. Correct. Okay. That's exciting. Well, this is so fun, you guys. If you want a taste of Hawaii, it's in Eugene, Oregon this weekend. Oh, it cool. sounds so awesome. See you later, Naomi. I know she's a busy girl. She had to go do some um, safety tests for the event, but I'm so excited. I found that because I don't know, Rick, I'm from Roseburg. So you might be surprised, but I took hula for like 12 years. So I have all this Hawaiian background and I'm obsessed. So I'll be there um, on Saturday with the kids. So Jeremy's asking, where is it? It's in at Alton Baker Park. It's Alton Baker. And you know, what? I'll post all the info right in these. As soon as we're done, I'll post it in the comments. I'm just trying to save Wi-Fi right now. I'll put it on there. Okay. So, um, you didn't by chance wear your hula dress, did you? I know. Well, I didn't. I didn't have time to go home. Otherwise, I would have. <laughs> oh, I'd, I would like to see that sort of. <laughs> I'm sure it totally still fits. I'm sure you're really. Oh, because you're a storyteller, so you understand that. Am I? I. I feel like I'm making fun of you. No, it's true. I'll show you sometime. Maybe that'll be another show. So, guess who else is here with us? And guess who else? It's Tabitha. Find all those bottles and glasses. I love yeah, this. You know, she that's a woman after my own heart, don't you think? There's nothing better than a woman with four glasses and three bottles of wine. <laughs> I, I found more glasses, so seven. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so Tabitha is at Compton Family Winery, and she is the Compton, or one of the Comptons, uh, in Philomath. And you guys, so first, tell us what you're doing this weekend for Labor Day, because that's important. Yeah, so we are we're ending our summer hours. We've been all summer. We've been open on Thursdays, and we are extending for Labor Day weekend. We're open on Monday as well. We've got a new Riesling, a dry Riesling that we're pouring. We've got some kind of specials going on. We have our Albarino that we just have a couple cases left. So typically, on those wines that we're really low on, we don't pour. So we're pouring them for this weekend. And then, as a wine club member, we have added discounts on our higher end Pinots that are really popular, Pinot Noirs. But you know, found it funny. And um, at times, times that you are there? Ah, great question. Thursday through Monday this weekend, noon to five. So typically after this week, we'll be open Fridays through Sundays, noon to five. Okay, so but this now weekend the, is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. Now, so now Tabitha is not just doing some show, show and tell here. I asked her because I'm... I mean, I know this comes as a huge surprise to a lot of people, but I'm not that I'm not a real classy guy. I mean, I'm drinking Coors Light now and I do have wine in the fridge and He's that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to me, a frosty mug with wine in it is just fine. And then Tabitha <laughs> goes Ugh. and it's like because there are certain glasses for certain wines. So I said, can you show us? what the right glass are. So like the next time I go to a really classy event, which I'm invited all the time. Mm -hmm. that I can, yeah, I know that. Show us the glasses and what you use the different glasses for. Yeah, so hold on one second because I'm getting a message. I need to move, sorry, um, like so I can actually see. It was the, it's the president. He's getting ready to speak and he calls Tabitha first. <laughs> right, so I, if you're going to think of wine glasses, and I, there's four staples, or I would even say three. Honestly, I would say two because I don't really like sparkling wine. Um, but mm. this is like a white wine glass, and typically you, um, white really wine... Close. Put it away, yeah, just like that. Wine. Perfect. So white wine, 
it's more a little small bowl and straighter shoulders and to keep the wine cool excuse me yeah keep the wine cool this one is a little bit longer stem also a white wine um and it's dirty because i just grabbed it out of um, a cupboard that was just chilling anyway so the white wines you want to have them so and this one's pretty versatile as i yeah it can kind of go all around keeps it colder that way yeah so you've got the straight shoulders on it and also with the longer stem keeps it a little bit colder because your hands aren't touching the bowl right and honestly what i like about glasses is i just I don't like pound wine typically, so it takes me a while to drink it. So I like the feel of it in my hand. I like, I just like a good feel of a glass. So I don't want it to feel like it's heavy and weighing me down. I just like it light, delicate, so I feel important, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, my wife's favorite wine glasses, she broke one of them and then the other one's still there. But the problem is that she loves this glass, but my son's ex-ex-girlfriend, like two, two or two, three girlfriends ago. Wow, that sounds like baggage. So it's like, I go, honey, don't ever pull that out when the new girlfriend's here. Because, <laughs> you know, if the story comes up, there's the fish, there's the little fishies on the little wine glass. And, you know. Right. So with this, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, you got to move on. We need to get you some Compton glasses. Because they're nice. Um, yep. Yeah. So aeration is when you swirl the wine so in a white wine glass you don't swirl it as much for the aeration so in comparison to our this is a pinot noir wine glass so it's it's a big it's like 21 ounces and i think this one ooh, don't quote me but i think it's like 12 ounces but typically a glass of wine is five ounces a five ounce pour so would come up to in the white wine would come up to around here and then in the red wine, it looks like you totally get chintz because it's about there because it's got yeah, a really saying, big bowl. Excuse me, waiter. Can you, uh, <laughs> you I, I pay $12 no. for that. Can you fill that sucker right. up? Right. It does always, I always Yeah. That's a more voluptuous shape in that way. Yeah, one. that's pretty. And then it's kind of, you can switch it around. And so this is the aeration that you do in a red wine. And this is the shape to kind of bring the aromas up through and hold it because it's pretty narrow at the top. I don't know if you can see that, but. Big bowl, narrow at the top, also a longer stem so you don't warm the wine up. So Matt Kendall says, and make sure you look at the legs on the reds. Let's yeah, so I have, I have a funny story about, and I tell people this because- What is the leg on the reds? I'm, I'm, I don't know what that means. So there's the legs go down the sides, and I, I, um, I, I kind of am the Debbie Downer when I tell people about the legs because it could also be the way the soap was used. So people say the legs shows you how much alcohol is in the wine. Oh. And that isn't always the case because it all depends on how what soap people wash their glasses in too. So the soap film can affect how the wine and the legs go down the glass. Interesting. Yeah, you, but actually I, what I do is I look down into the bowl of the glass and the thinner the, there's actually a clear circle around the outside. And if it's more clear, that's a higher alcohol. I don't know if that makes sense because you kind of have to look down at a glass. But if the red fills all the way to the edge of the glass, then there's less alcohol. But if there's a clear circle around as you look down on it, then it has more alcohol. So that's what I go from for alcohol. Now, what are the smaller ones? There's just other. Yeah. And then I've got a champagne. Oh, champagne. Duh. Okay. See, once so we look your yeah. champagne for your bubbles and again a longer stem and you're not going to swirl it you just pound it right 
I do. I do not. I don't like. I don't like sparkling wine. <laughs> but then that this shape keeps the bubbles longer. I've never drank champagne out of a glass. I didn't know you did that. It's a thing. I'm kidding. <laughs> so I, Kim, did you know there were legs in wine? I did know that. I did. I did not know the soap affects the legs. I did. No, Matt didn't either. He even said, and he's obviously kind of a, a wine dude. I mean, he's not a winer. Matt is not a winer. Just a winer. Isn't that the one we were I was on with a couple weeks ago? The Sauvignet? No, oh, this okay. put your website up for you, so he's oh, yeah. Matt, Matt's the one who takes care of my website information for uh, me. He's, just, he's a realtor in town. Um, he is the realtor in town, and he's doing my work for me. <laughs> oh, awesome. And then this is the dessert wine. I feel like this, this in the champagne is probably a luxury glass. And mm -hmm. this is about five ounces, so you just would typically put two ounces in there and sip it slow. Uh, it could be your dessert rather than having the dessert. Just My wife take your a, time and enjoy it. My grandma had these little tiny things for liqueurs, you know? Oh, yeah. And they're, they're really cool little glasses, but we never use them. So when we packed everything, we just didn't get them out. Because yeah. Kathy's like, I'm not getting all that yeah. junk out. Uh-oh. Tabitha. Uh -oh. Dessert wine is here. way too sweet. We hear you. Um, dessert wine is so, so sweet. But, all right, yeah. Tabitha, thank you for the wine. Thank you for whining us. Yeah, I could talk wine all day. Now, I'm going to leave you on here just in case you have questions, because guess what? The State Fair is going on, and we have Katie from the Oregon State Fair. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hello, everyone. And Katie's like, having us. Going, you didn't tell me it was a wine show. Well, Who knew? Kate, now Katie knows. I mean, Oregon is big on wine, and I'm sure there's going to be wine at the State Fair for people like judged on or something. That is true. We have our homegrown yeah. Oregon garden with a lot of our favorite food carts and a really nice selection of Oregon beer and Oregon wine in the homegrown Oregon garden section. Well, there so, you go. So tell us more about the State Fair. When does it start? And, and sure. who are the big acts that are coming this year? Make me feel oh, well. Bad. Be We've been busy. Let's see. We opened up on last Friday, summer's big finish. So we're on day seven now and going all the way through Labor Day. So 11 days of fun. And tonight I'm looking forward Facebook? to seeing TLC at the LB Day Amphitheater. Oh. TLC is coming. Wow. Very excited about them. And the Beach Boys are on Saturday, Matt says. Look, he knows I'm, everything. Yeah, right. He knows Matt, Matt knows. <laughs> yeah, the Beach Boys are bringing the 60 years of the sounds of summer to us on Saturday. We're so excited. And That's even awesome. tomorrow night, we have Scotty McCreary, one of our um, favorite country artists. He's celebrating three back-to-back -back number one hits. So we're all expecting a really fun Friday night with him. Uh, let's see. Sunday, we have Dia de la Familia. And one of the acts performing is a band of group from Mexico called La Adictiva. We're really oh. excited to see them perform. And all day long, we'll have live performances at the Spirit of Oregon stage for that as well. Um, plus tortilla art workshops. So that'll be oh, a fun, fun day. Sundays are always really crowded and full of fun for us. And then wrapping up on Monday, we have Nelly, the best-selling hip-hop <laughs> artist of all time. My, my yeah. 17-year-old wants to go watch Nelly. Well, yeah, that one has been a really popular show for us, so we're expecting a full house that day. And that's a really fun day, too, because we celebrate Heroes Day every Labor Day and offer free fair admission to all military, first responders, teachers, and their families all day long, thanks to oh, nice. Lamette Valley Pie Company. So that's oh. always a special so day for Matt, us to say thanks. Matt, Matt apparently is going to be there from open to close. Any chance the duck game will be on the rooftop bar? You know, I'm not sure about the rooftop bar, but I did see some sports streaming live yesterday at the Tap House Bar. We've got lots of bars throughout the grounds, so we're pretty well covered. Okay. 
Okay, man. You, yeah. you can get your legs and you can go mm -hmm. hang out and watch that game. So how how many people do you expect usually come, like come in a year at the state? Goodness, fair? about three hundred thousand. Oh, mm, oh, give wow. or take two or three. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have big crowds, eleven days of fun, and um, there's really something for everyone. We like to say there's plenty of reasons to show up. Some people love the animals. Some people love the high flying motorcycles stunts. And I flip trampoline artists. So there's just shows everywhere and over 50 food carts with all of the favorite state fair food you know and love, like fried Oreos. And you guys are going to have, you guys dogs. are going to have like the most perfect weather too. I'm so excited for that because it's going to be in the eighties. It's not too yeah. hot. It's perfect end of August weather. Exactly. We, yeah. you know, we work on the weather controlling it ourselves. So it's I bet you're already good. planning for next year, aren't you? I mean, this yeah. is like a major production that, you know. It is. It takes many, many people, many organizations to help us put this thing together. And every year we're just so excited to throw summer's biggest party for Oregon. So yeah, it's a lot of fun out here. It's in Salem, Oregon at the Oregon State Fair. And all the information is at OregonStateFair.org. Yeah, we'll put both of those up, you guys. Salem is close to Eugene, for those of you who are familiar. And so it's nice to bring everything to that area, too, for that long week. Thanks, Katie, for, for coming on and talking about that. And now I have to decide where we're going to be. This is going to be a crazy weekend. You're going to be well, crazy. Well, you've got four more days to show up to the fair. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Katie, thank you. Thanks, you guys. That is super cool. So fun. So much to do. Yeah. Right. It was, I was so glad that these guys could join us. So we have wine with Tabitha and then we've got a Hawaiian uh, uh, luau in Eugene and then the Salem State Fair. So we'll be all over the road this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a busy weekend. Tabitha and, uh, and of course people go in and get your Rick Dancer special at Compton Family Wines in Philomath, Oregon. It's not that far from the State Fair. In fact, you could go to the luau. Right. You could go up wow. there, take the country ways out. You could go to Philomath. And cut over to Corvallis, go to Tried and True Coffee because they have the best coffee in all of the state. I think that's okay. the name of it. Oh my God, it is so okay. good. Downtown okay. Corvallis. And then you just jet over to the fair, to the state fair and hang out with Matt and his whole family um, where, <laughs> wherever they are. Matt will be watching the game. That will Matt will be him. watching the game. His family will be having family time with mom. How does that work? Hmm. <laughs> hey, Matt. I suspect Matt will be watching the kids all morning, and then when the game starts, it's a pay. Yeah. It's always a trade-off. He'll earn. He'll earn it. Yep. He'll earn it. Um, Tabitha, thank you for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Lovely okay. to see you, beautiful people. I am gonna go pour a glass of wine after I have my Coors Light, and I'm gonna look down. <laughs> I'm gonna go look for Not my legs. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get Kathy and go, honey. How much? How many does our wine have good leg? <laughs> And, and, then, and then I'll go and look and swirl it and stuff like this. She goes, what is wrong with you? That's what she always says to me. It's always, it's not like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, my children really? say the same thing. It almost gives me a complex, but you know what? Yeah, I don't care because there's a lot wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We begin? Now, thank you. Yeah. How do we start? Kim, we got one more commercial so in London, but you know what? You have a, we're running really long. And so I'm just going to let you go and go play. Um, Sorry, I had too many people tonight. It was it was too good. No, you did great. I love that. Well, the more the merrier, and um, it just gets more people in, involved. And Bill's got a, a great newscast coming up. So, thank okay. you. I will see. Oh wait, I won't see you for a couple weeks. Right. You know what I did? Well, I'll so not see you in person if we're lucky, but we won't see you on here. That's yeah. right. 
And so what people, what I've done is spent the whole day do, doing shows and last couple of days, I took a bunch of old KEZI stories, a bunch of stuff I've done with my other businesses and stuff and put together shows from travel all over the, the state and yeah. some stuff that I used to do there. And I made little shows for every, for the, for next week, uh-huh. we're going to do the McKinsey, um, these ladies that put mums out um, when the, when, after the fires, you know, on yes. the and then Good. we have something okay. about Mark Hatfield then. And then I have others. I have some interviews on a Montana timber company that I did this week that's going to air next week. I've got okay. a dad from Lebanon, a man who for 48 years didn't know that he had a father. And through DNA testing, this woman calls him from back east in New Jersey and says, I think you're my brother. And I got both of them on the show together. Oh, my gosh. So that's okay. going to air next week. And then we've got ghost towns. We've got... Uh, Wallowa County. I've got, I mean, it's all the best of the best of what we've done. This will be fun. Okay. It'll be really fun. So then you and I will pick back up the last week of September. So we'll have shows. And then that middle week, we're going to be off because you need a break. Bill needs a break. (laughs) We need a break. We need a break. And you'll be your husband. Your son will be a husband. So lots changing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be still doing stuff online from the beach. We're going to be down at Pacific city and and stuff. So we'll still be doing that, but we'll see you in a couple of weeks then. And I'll see you when we're home. We'll, we'll make yeah. sure we get together. Yeah. All right, Kimmy, we'll see ya. Okay. Bye, guys. All right, so let's check in with uh, Buck Sanitary Service, and then we'll get right to Bill London and the news. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Trigger McGee, also known as Bill London. I'm the co-host of The Wake Up Call, heard on KPNW, 6 AM to 9, Monday through Friday mornings. And the news brought to you by Chris Dental and Dr. Michael Bratland, where I actually had my teeth cleaned yesterday. And my teeth are very happy, so much so they made a card. All right, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. The Rum Creek Fire, the biggest fire, wildfire burning currently in Oregon. It has already scorched almost 19 square miles and is threatening not hundreds, but thousands of homes, and it's only 1% contained. And it continues to grow because of hot and windy weather. Right now, according to the Northwest Interagency Coordination Center, 5,035 homes and more than 2,600 other structures are at risk. So far, the fire has destroyed one home and two other structures. There's 1,300 firefighters working on that fire and more on the way. Speaking of fires, after all of these fires, you will drive by and see lots of standing trees that were scorched and then died. And, of course, environmentalists have fought for years to keep anyone from going in and cutting those trees down. They fought ODOT about it as they were removing what they called hazard trees all along highways and roadways in the footprints of the Labor Day 2020 fires. Well, is that a good idea, leaving those burned trees there? Not, according to a new study out from fire historian Bob Zybach. He is a PhD 
He's a doctor, and he has recently taken a look at some of these fires. He predicts that dead trees left in place after forest fires will only lead to larger, more dangerous, and more difficult to contain wildfires in the future. Zybeck's study, A Growing Sea of Snags, examines the causes of and effects of wildfires in the North Umpqua River area since 2002, and it pays special attentions to snags. Those are dead trees that are just left to dry out and they become volatile fuel for future fires. According to the report, only 1% of the snags are removed from burned parts of the Umpqua National Forest. And he says that leads to an abundance of fuel that intensifies wildfires, making them even harder to fight. The report says that because of these snags, the same areas of forest will burn over and over until forest stands are converted to an entirely different type of vegetation, like brush. He says to help lessen the risk of future fires growing out of control that, well, snags should be removed from high-risk areas like those around homes, major roads, and power lines. He says fire breaks are recommended to be made by getting rid of fuel around roads and using reforestation to create areas where a fire would naturally run out of fuel. The report says recent historic forest patterns should be mimicked by opening up riparian areas and ridgelines and by replicating Native American burning practices in areas like prairies, ridgelines, and berry fields. By the way, Zybach holds a PhD in environmental science from Oregon State University and has been conducting forest science research for over 25 years. Well, after that attempted mass murder at a Safeway in Bend last Sunday, it has cranked up political heat on an already hot button issue, gun control. So how are Oregon's political types responding to the shooting? Guess. Democratic U.S. Senator from Oregon Ron Wyden issued a statement Monday calling for stricter federal and state gun control measures. He wants to do away with automatic rifles. So does U.S. Senator Jeff Merkley, the Democrat from Oregon. He went to Twitter saying that Oregonians should, quote, not allow themselves to accept the frequent occurrence of attempts of mass violence using military-style weapons. He says this doesn't have to happen, happen as his argument for making sure you can't purchase them or own them. Oregon's lone Republican in Congress simply offered condolences. That was U.S. Representative Cliff Bentz, the Republican from Ontario. Former House Speaker and Democrat nominee for governor Tina Kotek has made gun control a centerpiece of her campaign, and she tweeted, shoppers at the Eastside Safeway and Bend were terrorized by a man who opened fire with an AR-15 style weapon and two people were killed. I will keep fighting to keep guns away from those who are likely to harm themselves or others. Well, Kotek is dead set against what she refers to as these high capacity semi-automatic weapons. So how does she intend to do that? Well, try to take them away from law-abiding gun owners and turning them into criminals. 
She is also focused on candidate Betsy Johnson, a former Democratic state senator from Columbia County, who's also running for governor. She has opposed most new gun control legislation and has been targeted by Kotech for actually owning a legal, federally licensed, fully automatic machine gun pistol. Johnson says she supports some gun control efforts, namely raising the minimum age to purchase a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. But she said that that Kotech is seeking to undermine individual liberties. According to Johnson, she's a lifelong responsible gun owner and collector. And she says she supports the rights of law-abiding gun owners and is a defender of the Second Amendment. Then you have Christine Drazen. She's the Republican running for the governor's seat. She simply says, I'll veto any bill that compromises Oregonians' Second Amendment rights. So, what do gun control laws or enhanced gun control laws really mean in terms of the general public? All right, let's look at that. So a survey that was released this week shows a slim majority of Oregonians plan to vote for a candidate that supports more gun control in the November general election. That according to a new survey published by the Oregon Values and Belief Center. They found 54% of Oregonians surveyed indicated they're more likely to vote for a candidate who supports more gun control compared to 19% of Oregonians who said they'd vote for somebody who's in favor of less gun control and the rest were either undecided or didn't care. The survey showed that women were more likely than men to look for candidates who support more gun control. The Values and Belief Center is an independent, nonpartisan research group, and they released the survey. But what does gun control mean to people? Well, an earlier survey found that a strong majority, about 88% of Oregonians, did support stricter gun laws. But what does that mean to the 88% majority? Well, they say they support background checks for all gun purchases. Uh, something that's already done. They also want to prevent the sale of firearms to those with certain mental health conditions, as well as the expansion of screening and treatment for people with mental illnesses. Notice they're not talking about getting rid of certain types of what people think are scary weapons or limiting the capacity of magazines or limiting concealed carry. No, they're not. Well, speaking of crime and punishment, in Oregon, of course, we have the get soft on crime approach to criminals. As a matter of fact, the last legislative session did what they could to lower or eliminate bail for people that were arrested for certain crimes. Well, let's take a look at how that worked out in Portland. In Portland, a local organization actually bailed a man accused of violating a domestic violence order and then a week later, he brutally, according to police, murdered the mother of his kids. That according to police in court documents. So police identified the victim as 36-year-old Rachel Abraham. And a number of people say that Abraham's death could have been prevented 
Because before he was arrested for murder, 33-year-old Muhammad Adan posted bail on another arrest and got out. He was arrested on allegations he violated a domestic violence-related no-contact order with Abraham. According to court documents, who foot the bill? Thank you, Portland Freedom Fund. Well, a week later, on Saturday, Abraham was found in her home. She had been brutally stabbed and strangled to death. Domestic violence victim advocacy groups say they see cases like this a lot, and it's important to raise awareness on domestic violence. According to Dr. Gloria Arroyo, a healthcare advisor for the National Women's Coalition Against Violence and Exploitation, she said, well, the agency probably had the right intention, but unfortunately, we do have to look at the bigger picture. The founder of that same group said, it's still mind-boggling that an agency bonded him out, and I'd be interested in knowing how they felt now after the fact that their bond led to him to murder the victim. Oh, by the way, the group that bailed him out, Portland Freedom Fund, no comment. Well, Medford City Council is going to decide whether to join a suit against state climate regulations that were unilaterally decided on by executive order by Governor Kate Brown. And they would be joining other communities in a lawsuit challenging state climate regulations that will stymie development on the outskirts of cities. The Medford City Council tomorrow is considering a, a resolution that would set the stage for Medford to join the legal challenge against Governor Kate Brown's executive order known as climate-friendly and equitable communities. That aims to reduce greenhouse gases in the state. In particular, cities are considering a legal challenge to rules from the Land Conservation Development Commission based on our executive order that would force cities to create more concentrated housing developments, more bike routes, limiting roads, and limiting automobile parking. According to Eric Mitten, the Medford City Attorney, it essentially encourages more housing and bedroom communities and could result in more people driving longer distances to go to work, creating more greenhouse gases instead of less. Springfield, Kaiser, Happy Valley, Tualatin, and Troutdale are already suing. They're joined by the Chambers of Commerce in Medford and Jackson County, Springfield, along with the Oregon Home Builders Association, the Oregon Bankers Association, the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association, and even the Oregon Wine Council. The People for an Affordable Coalition claims the rules would worsen the housing crisis in the state and cause slowdown in housing and transportation projects. And our neighbors in Washington, since we're on this environmental thing, for the 13th straight year, Washington state agencies violated that state's clean fuels law by failing to buy enough biodiesel, according to a new report by the Department of Enterprise Services. The law, an early reaction to ch climate change, requires that 20% of the fuel used in state-owned diesel-powered vehicles, vessels, and equipment be biodiesel. The percentage in 2021 across all Washington state agencies, including uh, excluding ferries, was 9.5%. 
and just about every agency had some sort of excuse. For instance, Fish and Wildlife for Washington said, well, we're working on a sustainability plan to reduce emissions. Then you have the Washington Department of Transportation and their spokeswoman, Emily Glad says, well, they're looking for ways to meet the 13 year standard, but biodiesel gels in cold weather. Oh, there's a problem with it. And you can just about go to every agency in Washington that has diesel and they're all pretty much making up some sort of mistake, some sort of excuse. According to Todd Myers, an environmental analyst for the Washington Policy Center, he said he's not surprised the state hasn't met its own goals. He says the state has consistently failed to meet its carbon reduction targets. He says it's emblematic of climate policy. It's about show more than results when it comes to governments. He said it's one more example of something the state wants to force the public to do, but that state agencies can't or won't do themselves. And then you have the issue of biodiesel. Well, it turns out that biodiesel plants in Washington, Oregon, and California can produce about 220 million gallons a year, but California and Oregon alone consume about 400 million gallons. According to Governor Jay Inslee, after he saw the report, he said, well, the fuel standard is expected to increase biodiesel production. Yeah, not so much. All right, Rick. It is time for you to now roll out the reel. I think he already did. <laughs> I think Bill gave us enough reel for everything. I love that study from that scientist, a scientist who's saying that we're causing the problem of forest fires. I don't know why the environmental community doesn't just change their narrative. They know it's wrong and you, you don't have to do that much to figure it out. Um, and uh, in the meantime, you know, what's, what's really interesting, I talked to some experts uh, recently on the show in the timber industry, and uh, they said what's ironic is that um, they fought and fought to get all this land set aside for the spotted owl um, when it was the barred owl causing the problem. Okay, that's, that's another story. But then what they did was a lot of that was no more cleaning up the forests, let the stuff sit there. So their very policy is what's causing the fires to burn and it's destroying the spotted owl habitat. That is ironic, it's stupid, and it shows that they're not using their heads to think, they're just coming up with plans and it doesn't matter if it saves it, they just want to win the war. So anyway, it's time Oregonians, you better stand up, you better start speaking out. In fact, there's a couple of things coming up. I will try to get a show on it coming up at the end of September. Um, some policy changes for the Forest Service. They're looking for comments from people and we all need to comment because um, this, is, this, is what we, this, is, this is what happens when we don't do anything and we allow them to run away with it. So anyway, those are my personal opinions. And of course they're very right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for our sponsors tonight. Chris Daniel, Family Dentistry, Compton Wines, and also Buck Sanitary Service. Have a great week. We will be back next week with shows all next week. They won't be live, but we have them all scheduled and you're, they're going to be awesome shows. Then we're taking that following week off and then we'll be back on the 19th with another bunch of taped up shows. And we'll be back live the last week of the month. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. Have a great week. I will talk to you. I'll see you on Monday, kind of.